The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Broccoli ice cream? No, I don't. Yucky. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep List. Your home for list making here at the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Dan Torres. With me, um, as usual, I should say, not as always, you're getting up to the always point, um, my good friend, my co-host, uh, Mr. Brian Finch. Brian, how you doing today, man? I am well. Always good to be with you here on this lovely, rainy Tuesday afternoon in Buffalo, New York. Uh, yeah, it's, it's such a yeah. small tease this afternoon of... <laughs> Hey, spring is like here. Why don't you go enjoy some sunshine and, you know, let that vitamin D soak into you? No, no, gone within, I don't know, two hours, three hours. Yeah, I, my, my office is almost like, not to make the comparison, but it's prison cellish in the sense where I have like one window right outside of it that mm-hmm. like can shine in if it's sunny. So the sun was peeking in for a portion of the day. And then like around noon, it just slowly started to fade. And I was like, Oh, okay. So we're losing daylight over here. Wonderful. This is, this is great. But you know what? All things considered for February, this isn't so bad. Not so bad. No, mm-hmm. this El Nino winter has been all right in my books. Yeah, it really hasn't been. We had one kind of major storm, nothing crazier than that. But, you know, we're here. We're, uh, you know, thriving in Buffalo as much as we possibly can be. Um, and, yeah, we're here to make more lists and have more fun with our listeners. Um, if you did listen last week, quick preface, um, I had announced at the end of last week that we were either going to do um, world uh, battles or civil war battles. I was dead set on doing civil war battles. However, life came in the way. Um, there's a lot of kind of depressing topics having to do with the civil war as far as death and blood and things like that. And uh, with personal uh, circumstances recently, I didn't want to get into that a ton this week. So we decided it would be fun to do a food-related list. This was actually Brian's suggestion this week. Um, We are doing our top 10 food pet peeves this week, which I actually thought was a great topic. At first, I had asked you to clarify, and as soon as you did, it made a ton of sense. It's kind of the things that we despise within the meals we love most. So it's not like... 
you know, meals specifically that we can't stand or anything like that. It's little things that ruin it. Uh, Brian, I know you've been considering this for a while, but one, this was the perfect week to bring this in. And two, what kind of inspired your thinking when it came to putting together this list? I don't know exactly when it was, but it was definitely you guys often inspired me being you and Matt to come up with lists kind of based on your list. I believe it was it was definitely over the summer last year. You were doing some sort of food related list and it was probably positive. And I quickly can flip the script and go like, yeah, but like I love stuff that tastes good. But also, I I get so mad when I know that something can be good and then somebody just ruins it. Just doing something that is so like, why would you put this twist on this food? Or why would you ever think that delivering this product in this way is now okay? Or even like, oh, this is how my mom made it. Well, your mom made it wrong. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I have strong opinions on certain foods. I'm a big guy. I have grown to be okay with flexing my <laughs> my distaste of things. Uh, I just, you know, I'm a snob in a lot of aspects of life. And one of those things is uh, food. And I'm okay with that. Uh, we were briefly discussing that. If listeners would walk away from an episode like this having a different opinion on us but i bet they'll connect more with this and and have their own bullies in it of just like yeah he's right or oh yeah i've never really thought about yeah that sucks when this food is too whatever or doesn't have enough or i hate when my steak is Exactly. Yeah, I definitely feel that same way. And I don't think, honestly, that will turn listeners away by doing a list like this. In fact, um, I remember over the summer last year, it wasn't food related, but we did a general pet peeves list uh, that it was one of my favorite episodes just because we got into all the like annoyances of things people do. And it ended up being such a fun time. And I think everybody has their particulars with food. You know, we all eat. We all like certain foods and have favorites. And we all know there's certain things that just ruin those things for us. So I think yeah. people will be able to relate to this really well. Yeah, I, I like one. And it's one that, you know, a lot of the topics of eat sleep list are supposed to be easily consumed and enjoyed in a way of like, as always said, like being on a road trip. You know, these are things that like, especially when you're on a road trip, you're about to go grab food at whatever restaurant and you just know, you know, sometimes you walk away and go, man, they really disappointed me with whatever. And, you know, it's 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 okay to have high criticisms, especially when it comes to purchasing, you know, restaurant prepared food because, you know, you're paying for a service. It's the home ones that are on my list that I'm wondering what, what kind of critiques that people are going to have. Or oh like, boy. Man, yeah, uh, my mom may or may not be getting thrown under the bus a few times here. <laughs> I, th I think I threw my dad on, on here once or twice uh, just for things he's done creatively in the past that I don't agree with. But 
Uh, we we will definitely get to our gripes when it comes to our parents and you know other people. Um, without further ado, Bri, you ready to make a list? I am ready. Let's do it. Our top ten pet peeves when it comes to food. Brian, you're number ten. Yeah. So creating this list was walking a fine line of foods that I would never eat compared to foods that I enjoy but can easily be ruined. And uh, this one's kind of low on the list for the reason that it's really not that big a deal because it's always a side. So a side dish isn't going to get as heavily hammered by me as a main part of your meal. So every restaurant will pair coleslaw with some things, right? And coleslaw Mm -hmm. can either be too runny, too loose, or it can be too dry. It, it, it's it got to be in the middle for me. I'm a big stickler on coleslaw. My wife definitely knows this. She listens to this episode. She immediately from reading like pet food, pet peeves of food, she'd be like, oh, yeah, the whole the coleslaw thing. That's just, that's probably what she calls it, the coleslaw thing. Um, but yeah, man, don't, don't give me too dry coleslaw because I ain't touching it. And then like the too runny, I'll, I'll take a couple of bites just to like change up you know, food dynamic there, the texture and whatnot. But at the same time, I'm super disappointed because I don't think it's that hard to pull off, but you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't own a restaurant. I've had some very good homemade coleslaws. That's normally where I have my favorite coleslaws. I think this is a dish that's better prepared when uh, homemade. Um, The most interesting one that I'll give an example for is uh, a friend of mine was dating this girl who brought over a dish to share with us when I was doing a cookout and she brought over a Asian kind of inspired coleslaw where it had ramen in it, it was, and it was vinegar based. It was very interesting, very delicious. I've had some good homemade ones too. I know that there was like an apple slaw that you used to have to put together for um, Panera. When I worked over there, there was like a sandwich that called for an apple slaw specifically. And I like stuff like that, but you're right. The typical run of the mill restaurants kind of are almost all over the place. As far as the consistency of it, you almost don't know what to expect anywhere. There is no universal code for coleslaw at all. Yeah. And you know, being in Buffalo, we're heavy in the fish fry on Fridays time of year where people are going out and every single fish fry you get will have coleslaw with it. And it's something that you like, it's, it's the cherry on top of the fish fry. You know, <laughs> the cherry on top of the Sunday is a cherry. The cherry on top of a, uh, a good fish fry meal is a, is a good coleslaw. 100%. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. That's a really good start to your list. Thank you. Also, I almost called you Matt at the beginning. So this is something I'm going to have to. That was the first time, though, in like three or four episodes now that I've almost done it. In so, my opinion, that just means I'm doing a really good job somewhere. That you are. So it it just feels it shows you how natural it feels that you're here at this point. Very good. Absolutely love that entry. Um, My number 10 is very general, and that's why I kind of kept it. At number 10, it's the addition of mushrooms in absolutely anything. I am not a mushroom fan whatsoever. I know some people absolutely love them. Some people, like, are neutral. I am someone who, like, 
cannot stand them in anything. Like, I will pick around them no matter what meal it is, even if people are like, oh, you got to try the way they're sautéed. No, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. But there are certain things that just shouldn't really have it that people insist on uh, putting them in. Um, Vegetable lo mein is a big one for me. I love lo mein when it comes to Chinese food. And there's a lot of different ways people prepare it. But the one that I used to order from most as a kid would put mushrooms in the vegetable lo mein all the time. No, I don't want that. That that doesn't need to be in there. It's an unnecessary item. Another one, um, whenever you go to Tim Hortons and get their chili, I'm a massive chili fan. I love chili fall, spring, winter, summer, anytime I could absolutely eat it. They put mushrooms in the chili at oh, Tim Hortons. No. Right. Right. That's what a is the Canadian thing to do? That is the most Canadian thing ever to do with a chili. It's it's it does not belong in there whatsoever. Like people try and fit, you know, certain little things like that into recipes that absolutely should not call for it. And I am not here for that whatsoever. Mushrooms are a turn off no matter what time. But if you're just going to throw them in literally everything, what is the point? What is the point of of even serving the food? Um, so very generally for my number 10, it is the addition of mushrooms. Especially based on what everyone can acknowledge, whether you like mushrooms or don't, is that they have one of the most unique textures in the entire food world, I think. Yes. It's that sponginess that some people absolutely hate. Now, I don't need them all the time, but I've had like stuffed mushrooms that I love. And I've had them on pizzas before, which I like quite a bit. But as far as just like, I don't know, just like eating a mushroom, that sounds horrible. So, oh man, I I could see how you're like, oh God. (laughs) You you actually just brought back PTSD because I remember the one night I was, I was so hungry. Um, and me and my friend got uh, a pizza. And he ordered the style, and when I picked it up, I'm so excited to eat, and I pull it up, and there's mushrooms on the fucking pizza. <laughs> and it was, oh, man, it was, you know when you're just so hungry that, like, you could really eat anything, but, like, that that anticipation immediately just went away, and I was immediately, like, cringing having to eat it. It, it, was, it totally burst my bubble, and it was, oh, things like that are just terrible. Hopefully they were big enough they could pick them out. Some of them were. Others I had to like really just bite and pray. Pretend it, bad. Just like convince yourself they're not there. Yes, exactly. Like just take yourself to a better place real quick. And the pizza in general too, I don't know why, but it smelled like armpit. So like I'm I'm bringing it back to my house and or to the house we're at. And the smells filling my car. And I'm like, is it supposed to like smell like this? Like what the hell is wrong with this? So I'm immediately getting turned off by that. And then the addition of mushrooms on it was, it just made it even worse. It was so inedible. See, that's kind of what my number nine is. Ooh, very good. Let's go right into it. Number nine for me is if you slice off a big old chunk of tomato and you put it on my burger especially or my sub or whatever when i specifically has told you i don't want tomato on there now Mm. 
I am okay with tomato when they are cooked, stewed, uh, when they are diced. Um, for example, pingo de gallo, I absolutely love. So it's weird for someone to say, I don't like tomatoes, but then at the same time you say you like pingo de gallo. Well, the reason being is that pingo de gallo doesn't use the inside of the tomato that have that very earthy taste to it, which I do not like. I do not enjoy the texture. I do not enjoy the taste. And when you put it on a sandwich, a lot of times it's in contact with the roll. And you know what happens is that even if you pick off that slice, it still tastes like it. So then I'm spending the rest of my time eating that burger, that sandwich, tasting tomato and just being annoyed with it. I'll finish it. All right. I'm not a big send my food back kind of guy, but I am a uh, strong believer that if you go to a place and you keep ordering it and they keep messing it up, then you don't go back. So if you want to keep me around as a customer and I say no tomato, you keep that tomato off my food. 100%. I I used to have a problem for for a while and i don't know why this kept happening i'm not a huge cheese guy i know that some people think that that's a major crime but i'm not like the slices like the texture of like cheese slices bothers me if it's melted on something that's different for me so like pizza mac and cheese different things like that i absolutely love but if it's like a solid cheese it turns me off and every time i used to go over to um jim's steakout that I would ask for no cheese on my sub and for like 10 times straight that I went there, I would ask for no cheese and they would give me cheese anyway. And I was like, do they have me like listed to do this at some point? I used to tell them I was lactose intolerant after that, just to get them to not put it on there. So they would know that I meant business. Um, They've, (laughs) they've since gotten better, but like, yeah, that's definitely a problem. Tomato is a good one for that too, because you're right. Like the the inside and the juice like that lingers so hard, even if you take it off of that. It really does like kind of sour the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> What's your yeah, number nine gross... food, huh? <laughs> My number nine. Let Are me see. Are you hungry after this? I I don't know. It's I was thinking that too, but because we're talking about the pet peeves, I don't necessarily know if we will. Right. Um, my number nine. Um, let's let's actually keep a similar theme here because I was debating whether to put this one at nine or eight, but this kind of makes sense with it. Um, we were you were talking about tomato on subs. I was just talking about um Jim Steakout, a messy sub is something that is a huge, huge, huge pet peeve of mine. These, I, I, I love and respect every worker that's at a fast food place, a sub restaurant, anything like that. But you have been there for a while, typically, in order to learn how to pack a sub the right way so that it's not falling all over the place, so that the ingredients are balanced the right way, everything like that. If I open my sub and it's already falling apart and everything is out of the inside, that is so annoying to me. I don't want to have to keep putting together my sandwich as I take each individual bite. The the flip side of this is if it's like a sub, like a stinger or something that is like really big and really packed in general, that makes sense to me. 
But if you're getting like a tuna sub or like a BLT or something and it is falling all over the place, you got to learn how to make your sandwiches a little bit better. Like you need to balance that out the right way. I'm not ordering a billion ingredients when I go in there. It shouldn't be too hard to get right. Yeah, 100 percent. So how about a chicken finger sub? Is it okay if that's a little slippery, messy? Yeah, so for me, that makes a little bit more sense, especially because chicken fingers by nature are a little messier, especially if I get them like medium or hot because I know what I'm getting into. So the 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 packing of that can vary based on that because if you have like a lot of sauce or a lot of grease, things are going to slide out, and I totally get that. But if it's something that's supposed to be more like natural, like sandwich, like there's no excuse. Yeah. See, there was a place uh, in Wales. It's it's actually demolished now. Um, that was uh, the Wales Center General Store, and we would order subs from there. And their chicken fingers were banging, but a lot of times, as you're picking up the sub to eat it and take a bite, and you take a bite in the front. Like that one, uh, a stray piece of chicken finger goes slipping out the back every time. You have to keep pushing it back in. It's it's annoying, but at the same time, like it tastes so good that like I didn't even like get mad about it. It was just like that's kind of like the, what this whole list is. It's like it annoys me. It's I don't like being annoyed by things, and that's you know I enjoy it still, but it's a little annoying. A hundred percent. I don't want to have to keep putting my meal back together with each bite that I take of it. Like, that's just more work for me. I'm just trying to sit here and eat my food. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it, it. It's a rough one for me. Uh, on to number eight. Um, This is where my mom will make her first appearance. I made a joke one time at Thanksgiving when someone else took on the mashed potatoes. I believe it was my sister-in-law, Heather. And I made the joke of, ah, hope there's lumps in them. And she goes, no, I would never. I'm like, it's not, it's not Thanksgiving. If I don't have lumps in my mashed potatoes, cause mom took on a lot. You know what I mean? It's really, it's not a, it's not a knock on her at all. Really? Because She's cooking the turkey. She's making the corn. She's making the stuffing. There's a lot that goes into a Thanksgiving meal. And the fact that there would be a slight hiccup with one thing, you know, a couple of lumps, a couple of crunchy parts of the mashed potatoes, totally okay. At the same time, I don't want them. (laughs) I want to avoid the lumps if we can do it. So uh, this year I took on my mashed potatoes uh, for the family, and um, I, th- I think I've, I did a pretty good job of avoiding lumps. I don't know. No one said anything. Yeah, I would imagine you did too. I could see you taking really good care in order to do that. Um, I mean, I only did my one mother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. Uh, my mother in law just had me mash them recently, uh, and I, I like am one of those people that is so so particular about making sure every single lump is gone so when i tell you my elbow was so tired by the end of me mashing them for like the half hour i did but 
you have to make sure that it's going to please everybody in the crowd, right? There's nothing wrong with like a couple of lumps now and then, but like you want for mashed potatoes, they're supposed to be mashed. It's not supposed to be a half and half type of thing. Yes. So my mom I, doesn't I, listen to my podcast, so I'm I know I'm in the clear for that. I don't know if any of my other family members will rat me out, but oh, I I will definitely uh, be sending her this clip. Don't you worry about oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I th- don't worry though. I've thrown my mom under the bus on this show so many times. I love you, yeah, but mom. your mom listens. Listening. Like you yeah. knowing, <laughs> I know. Well, I've done it on both. I have so many stories I could get into, but I've done it on both uh, my show and this show. So she's used to it by now. And I, I make myself look bad on them both all the time. So it all makes sense. Uh, my number eight is going to be one that is universal, but is very specific to Western New York as well. Tiny wings. Chicken uh... wings are so 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 expensive these days and in buffalo new york they are a staple of the food culture every uh, buffalo is known for chicken wings we're known for duffs and anchor bar and all those things if i'm paying 16.99 for 10 wings and they come out and they're this big and I know that people can't see the size measurement that I am making, but yeah. imagine like a very tiny, like the size of maybe like a C battery in height. That's too small. That yep. is too small. I don't care if you're roiding your chicken wings up. I don't care what you're doing with them. <laughs> they better be big. If I'm paying $17 for 10 of these things, they better fill me up. Those can't fill you up. I, I hate when... People ordered 50 wings and they come out looking tiny and they're gone in like five minutes. What is the point of doing that? You know, the good places in Western New York um, for wings by the size of them. Um, And it's it's something that genuinely bothers me around here because I do feel like sometimes people are genuinely trying to rip people off on those deals. So tiny chicken wings is my number eight. Beautiful. Yeah, it's. When we live in the mecca of chicken wings, like there's no room for being stingy and being cheap because everybody knows you're paying out the like butt on all the prices of these chicken wings. But guess what? We're also ponying up our end and we're buying these chicken wings. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in the wrong too for that. Honestly, we just got to <laughs> universally boycott these places that we know are going to screw us over wing wise. A hundred percent. Yeah. Very good. Um, Number seven on our food list, Brian. Number seven. I ha- Apparently I, I have a big thing with potatoes because I have another potato themed one here. Um, I, I don't enjoy, but I can eat if I'm hungry and it's out there and whatever, and I'm in the mood for it enough. Uh, I don't like the mustard based potato salads. They are not for me. I don't like the yellow potato salads. I don't know what it is really other than I've had too many store brand potato salads, and those are just, they're so garbage. (laughs) They just are. Also, now that I'm thinking about it, don't be putting those, don't be putting, what are those little red things that like, there's like, if you buy Topps brand, not that we're trying to shout out a specific grocery store, but if you buy theirs, 
there's these little red chunks, and I don't know what they are. They they remind me of um, the same stuff that's in like olive loaf. I don't know what that stuff is, but it's terrible, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not. Potato salad's not a huge thing for me. I like it on occasion. Like I like it at like a good cookout or something like that. But yeah, it is so easy to kind of screw it up like that. I'm a mustard fan, but like sometimes it can be too overwhelming and that's all you taste. And I don't want just to like be eating through mustard for my entire time while I'm in trying to enjoy this side. And and the other thing with the potato salad is I have discovered other recipes that make it so much better. You know, you can get the super fancy ones, which is like a loaded baked potato, but like in a potato salad style, which is, you know, super fun. Or you can go with the ones that are like um, more like Asian inspired, where they have a little more kind of like zing to them. I don't really know what they're using. I've had that one time. But the one that I do, super easy. Here's my recipe. Might be the only one I give out right now. Um, I stole from my wife's grandma, and it's super simple. It's just some mayonnaise and one of those Hidden Valley Ranch packets, and it's just like a it's like a ranch based potato salad. Super delicious. It's real light. You know, you don't go crazy with with the mayonnaise, and it's nice for summertime. Like you said, cookouts perfect. Yeah, hundred percent. That that's a really good. That's honestly such a great recipe because it's basic. It's kind of all you need for it, and it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. It, that's what potato salad's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a kind of a uh, refreshing, little lighter thing. Some people go heavy on the mayonnaise, so that's another thing. Not that I need to add that to the list of pet peeves, but while I'm on the topic, step up your. Oh, also, I heard on um, on the Twitter sphere and over on the TikTok. Um, some people in our African-American community calling out white people for putting raisins in the potato salad. Now, I've never seen this before in first hand, but if it's happening, we need to make a stop. All right. Yep. White people quit it. Raisins <laughs> don't belong in potato salad. hundred percent. I'm messing up the cookout. <laughs> that's been a divisive topic recently. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people have been bringing up the raisins and potato salad thing. Yeah. And I don't know who's doing it, but like whoever is like, stop. Stop. You're ruining it for all of us. <laughs> oh man. Uh, very good. I absolutely love that. My number seven is general, but I feel like we can all kind of relate to this in a way. Um, food that smells good, but tastes bad. Like, that's a big pet peeve for me. Whether you screw the recipe up, whether it's something you're just not into in the first place, it it just, some of that bothers me so much. Um, Deviled eggs, sometimes when people make them, I do not like eggs at at all, at all in any sense. I I eat them scrambled. I'll eat an omelet every once in a while. But, like, hard-boiled or anything like that, I cannot get into. My aunt would make them all the time for family gatherings. And when she would be making them, they would smell really, really good. And they'd kind of look really good. But every time I would try and force myself to have one, I would practically gag trying to even take one bite of it. It's the worst type of temptation when it comes to certain things. Having something like build up 
your imagination so much as to what it could possibly taste it like. And then the disappointment of actually tasting it is, is just the worst thing. It's such a disappointment. Um, yeah, that's my number seven. Damn. No love for the devil. egg. I wish I could, man. I, I really, I wish that my taste buds and my palate was developed enough and not particular enough where I could do it. But yeah, my whole family loves them. I can't stand them. I cannot stand them. Can't stand you. Uh, shout out <laughs> Nick Boyd. He's a diehard devil egg fan. Uh, eats them like crazy at family gatherings, I guess. Oh my God. I can only imagine his poor stomach. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, uh, moving right along here, we are on to our number six. Number six is, see, I don't know if this is a regional thing or not, but there's a battle going on in Western New York, I think, of what people think a good pizza sauce is. For me, I don't like the sweeter sauces. I will eat them because at the end of the day, God damn it, it's pizza. All right. It's got cheese. It's got pepperoni. It's got crust. I'm in. But if it's sweet sauce, it's just not as good to me. I like the tangy tomato sauce. That's my favorite kind. So anytime I encounter a pizzeria, and I know that that's what they favor, one I can call it right now is uh, Mazia's and Clarence. Their sauce is their red sauce is a sweeter sauce, and I don't think that's right. But I don't know. I've seen I've seen some you know Italian cooking that like they put sugar in the spaghetti sauce, so I don't know. Do you have a favorite? Yeah, that I I'm trying to think of if I have a particular favorite as far as pizza sauces, maybe um. So this place, I, I've talked about it on here a few times. There's a place called Prosper Brewing that's in North Tonawanda that makes like smaller pizzas, but it tastes like um, like refined Pizza Hut pizza almost. Yeah. Um, and their sauce is good. It's kind of like more of a neutral. It's not on the sweet side, but it's just more of like, it's a, a richness and you could actually taste like the spices and the flavors within it. If I get a sauce that's too sweet, like you're saying, sometimes it really does ruin it for me. Like I don't want to be my pizza to be tasting like candy or anything like that. That's too much. Yeah. It's gotta be tangy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's actually the perfect word for it is tangy. Like tangy has to be the right. I, I have to be the, in the right mood for a sweeter sauce when people do that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's got to cut through the bread. It's got to cut through the cheese. Like there's, you know, the whole acid of it is supposed to help like balance that meal. Cause you're kind of, that's what it is. You're like eating a meal in one little slice. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, my number six, um, I'm going to go with too much grease here, just yeah. generally. Um, sometimes, yeah, while we're on the subject of like pizza and wings and burgers and bar food and like things like that, there's nothing that turns me off from that stuff more than when like grease is puddled on everything. Like I get that 
you know, you, you there has to be a certain amount of like grease or fattiness or stuff like that within those fatty foods. I 100% understand that. But when I see when I get a pizza and the pepperoni is like filled to the brim with grease, I absolutely cannot stand that. It ruins it for me. Who's going to want to eat something that you can just tell is puddled when it tastes like the fryer too? I absolutely cannot stand that. Like you can tell when the traps need to be changed. It's such a simple uh, restaurant 101 thing that people should be able to adhere to. And I feel like so many places just lack on just taking that final step forward or are just lazy in that sense. Uh, It's a major turnoff everywhere when it comes to bar foods or otherwise if i see it otherwise too it it, it makes less sense in other areas that aren't bar foods um but yeah just generally it's not a thing you want to see when you're paying for food or making it yourself um too much grease is my number six beautiful uh number five from me is a crunchy cookie and this is specifically talking about when a a cookie is not supposed to be crunchy. Now, obviously, you go out to the store right now and you buy some Chips Ahoy, going to be crunchy. Totally understandable. That's what the cookie's going for. It's when you don't execute the cookie and it's crunchy. It just ruins it. Especially when you know, like, a sugar cookie, how it's supposed to have a little bit of a nice uh, chewy snap bite to it. And then you bite into it and it's kind of dried out and a little overcooked and a little over or over baked. That is so disappointing. You know, cookies, not good for me, but if I'm going to choose to eat them, I want them cooked right. Plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have certain instances where I think of like Subway chocolate chip cookies that yeah. are supposed to be like really soft and delectable And you kind of like get in at the wrong time as far as like they're either closing or they're at a lull or something like that. And they've been sitting for a while. Sometimes you're so looking forward to that cookie. And then you take that first bite and it's rock hard. Oh, it's the worst feeling. Yeah. It's like um, (laughs) uh, Johnny Townsend from uh, the Nostalgia Funhouse appreciate this. It's like uh, when your grandparents know that you're super into like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then they buy like one of the like lame side characters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're opening up the pack and you're like, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Oh, thanks. Thanks, April O'Neil. Yeah. That's who I wanted out of all of that is her. <laughs> or like who was her sidekick to at the, in the original series? Oh, man, what was her name? <laughs> I can picture her with the glasses. Yeah. I can't think of her freaking name right now. But yeah, nobody nobody wants those side characters. They want the real thing. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be shredded. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Baxter. Although uh, Baxter would be better than nothing, I guess. Ba- Baxter would be kind of a decent one to get, honestly. Like, but like you want the top tier ones. You want K- you want the turtles. You want Casey Jones. You want uh Krang. You want all of those good Shredder. Of course. You want all of those good ones. Yeah. Uh very good. Absolutely love that. Um my number five, <laughs> this is where my dad makes an appearance. I'm sorry, Dad. Um <laughs> 
So the, this is just kind of a general thing. Um, but master chefs, um, where they think that the original recipe has to be kind of stepped up in some kind of way, even though the recipe was not broken to begin with. Uh, the, the first example I can make as actually something I really appreciate. So my dad, when he would make peanut butter and jelly back in the day, he would mix it in the same bowl. So he'd put the peanut butter in a bowl, he'd put the jelly in a bowl, and then he'd whip it together and make it into like its own mixture where it was like already combined with that. Personally, I like to be able to taste both flavors separately when I'm eating a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. However, I grew to appreciate it as I got older and the uniqueness of that taste is, is different and is actually worth trying. The the one night in particular I'm thinking of, my mom makes a, a really good beef stroganoff. She makes a really, 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 really good one. Uh, and my dad, the one time when I was a kid, said he was making it the one night. I don't know what the fuck he changed up on this thing. But when I sat down to, like, taste it, to, like, eat it, it smelled different. It had different, like, Italian spices on it. It had, like, little Swedish meatballs at the top. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I, I swear to God, I almost cried sitting at that table because it's just like, if it's not broken, you don't need to add anything. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just don't reinvent the wheel on certain things. We don't need it. Interesting combinations of things. Fine. I get that. But yeah. don't try and like be like, oh, I could put a, a spin on this and make this better. And this is. Let me just put a disclaimer. My dad is a fantastic cook. He is really, 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 really good. But there are times where he did stuff like that that I was just like, this is a bit questionable. So um, master chefs in general is my number five. I like that term, the master chefs. People think that they're elevating a food uh, where really all you're doing is just letting everybody down because they have a certain expectation of, what it's going to taste like. And then what's this? Oh, I don't want this. What? Okay. I guess I'll eat it. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, it's so bad. Irma is the name of the other girl that works at, uh, with April O'Neil, by the way. Nice poll. Wanted, wanted to clear that up. So we weren't questioning that the rest of the episode. Yeah. Uh, very good, Brian. On to our number four. Number four. Four uh, is one I actually just I plopped in here because it you kind of like jogged my memory of like I, I did have here um, not being able to handle a steak uh, and cook it properly. That really pisses me off, um, especially because I cook a damn good steak and I've been doing so since I was like 14 because I was left home by myself and my dad would buy steak all the time and I would make myself steak and fries. Once again, I'm a fat boy. Yes, I know. This had to go in there over that because at least with a steak, at least it's still a steak. You know, you didn't complete unless you like burn the crap out of it, which I don't even know how you would do it. But I'm saying like when you're trying to achieve that perfect medium rare and then you don't. All right. That sucks. But not as much as having shells from eggs and anything that's eggs scrambled over easy. The worst of all. Because you jogged my memory, 
deviled eggs. If you ever bought, bit into a deviled egg and you got a piece of shell in there, the worst food experience possible. That's the. And listen, I don't spit it out. And here's this is why it's a pet peeve and not a food that I won't eat, right? Because I'm already committed. I already took a huge bite of it. Well, hell, I might have shoved the whole thing in my face. I don't know. But I'm going to finish that bite. And the whole time I'm chewing on that shell just because I don't want it going through my intestine. I'm just going to like grind it up into nothing and just chase it down with a whole bunch of water or something. Yeah. Don't. Don't mess the eggs up, man. Shells and eggs is the worst. Yeah, that's a that's a bad one for sure. In general, too, this is like an honorable mention for my list, too. When you're biting something that shouldn't be crunchy and you feel a crunch, that is, <laughs> that is just the worst. You have two choices. You either can spit the food out or you just like swallow and pray and just try not to think about it again. Yeah. That was not a fingernail I just consumed. That's oh. what you keep saying. It was not a fingernail. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely bad. Now I'm losing my appetite. Yeah, it, yeah, I didn't think we were gonna have too much of one after this one. <laughs> That's a great entry, Brian. Really, really good. Thank you. Uh my number four, I'm putting here just because it's not as universal um as far as my love for these compared to um everybody else's. Um, I absolutely love to go, love a good, um, stuffed banana pepper. I Ooh. love, love, love bana- uh, stuffed banana peppers so much. And I don't know if you've had this problem with eating ones from certain places in the past, but I find that more often than not, there are people who will prepare it and have the cheese and the sauce and you could taste those. But you can't taste the pepper at all. I feel like a bunch of places sacrifice the taste of the pepper for the other things. And that's not what the point of the meal is. You're supposed to be able to taste the banana pepper along with everything else. That's exactly why it's called that. I don't know whether it's in the preparation or the farms people are buying them from or or anything other than that. But I've been so excited to eat them at certain places, and I get it, and it's flavorless. Yeah. Like, no flavor whatsoever. You kind of taste the cheese and the sauce a little bit, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, but they, they, they are so easy to screw up, I feel like, and not a lot of places get it right. I am so lucky that um, I live in Kenmore, New York. And there's a place uh, a couple blocks from me called Mike and Pops. It's a little bistro. They have some of the best stuffed banana peppers I've ever tasted in my entire life. And it's within walking distance. So I rarely have to worry about this problem ever again. Because if I want good ones, I just go right there. I haven't had a bad batch of them there yet. But most places screw them up so hard. And that's why they come at my number four. Wow. That's so crazy. It's like almost you're reading my mind because... Over the weekend, I met up with a friend, and we went in my wife and uh, his wife, and we went to Allen Burger Venture. You ever been to the Burger Venture in Allentown? Yes. So me and him both got the stuffed pepper burger, and there was no heat. There was absolutely none. And the cheese, listen, it's not hard to come up with the ricotta and 
Parmesan and whatever other cheeses you're cramming in there, right? That's the easy thing, you know, coming up with the stuffing. But you, if you're not testing the peppers you have to make sure they're actually hot, because normally it's called that. It's normally called a stuffed hot pepper burger or something along those lines. I don't know what you're doing. You're you're missing out on the key ingredient. Uh, I will say if you want it for home, um, Tops carries it. I'm sure Wegmans does and other. Uh, but Minio and Sapios, um, you know, you know of them. Uh, they do Italian sauces. Yes. They do a really good stuffed uh, pepper. Do you ever feel like Ooh. making one at home? I, I've never tried them. They're good. I've, I definitely want to now that you said that. Yeah, Minio's always does a good selection of whatever they put out. So I would trust that their pepper would be really, really good in that sense. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine brought it over. Um, <laughs> the first time I ever had theirs, I was like, oh, these are hot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's what I need. I need they don't even need like to be overly spicy. But just let me taste like the banana pepper in it because they do have a a distinct taste too so you can tell when you're tasting it so i don't know it's a weird thing people tend to screw up all the time um on to number three number three for me will be the last appearance of my mama um i know where this comes from it was something that changed my perception on food for so long but i understand where she's coming from and uh, it's overcooked chicken, or in her case, boiled chicken. All right. My mom's a nurse, yeah. uh, always has been, um, recently retired, actually. You know, she big on germs and not getting sick and taking care of, you know, those kind of things. So she would never want to serve chicken to someone that could potentially get them pretty violently ill, um, which I can respect. Uh, but you know what? At 40 years old now, I am willing to dance uh, with the devil, and <laughs> I'd rather come a little closer to undercooked chicken than overly cooked or boiled chicken. Uh, the funniest thing was, I thought it was just my mom that did it. And for years, I never understood why people love chicken. Like, what's your favorite food to get out at a restaurant or whatever or whatever? And and a lot of times I'd hear like chicken fingers. I would hear like, you know, um, I love a good, you know, Chavetta's chicken. And I always like, I'm like, you guys are picking something that's so chewy. I don't understand. Chicken's stupid. Like, give me a steak. Like, but that's because my mom ruined it for me. And it wasn't just her. I went down and visited my grandparents and uh, we're having all my aunts and uncles over and all the cousins and we're going to have a big meal. So what are we doing? We're cooking chicken. I'm like, all right, I can handle that. I'm a master of the grill by now. I was like probably in my thirties, you know, 32 or something like that. I'm like, let me handle this. And he goes, okay. She goes, we'll grab the pot. I was like, grandma, what? For like, well, to put the, like the marinade. We're going to like, okay. And she goes, no, for, for the water. I'm like, grandma, are you telling me I'm going to boil this chicken? She goes, well, yeah. I'm like, no. Then I said straight up, I'm like, well, then you don't need me to grill it because you're 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 cooking it right now by boiling in some nasty ass water. Ugh. It's the Ugh. dude, that's that just sounds absolutely brutal. Yeah. But 
we are aligned in the poultry family for our number three because my number three entry is dry turkey. I cannot, like, especially at Thanksgiving, you got to baste your stuff, man. You got to make sure that turkey is is sitting in enough juice to really, really make it nice and even. I I don't necessarily prefer turkey in general. Like, deli meat, sandwiches, yes, I can absolutely do that. But as far as, like, major meats, it's not one of my favorites up there. But you got to be able to prep it right when you sit down and make it like I can't tell you the number of times I've had really bad dry Turkey from people. It, it, the, the simplest of the prep, like there are ways to improve on doing that. How can you consistently make it that bad? I will, I will say, so my wife is Puerto Rican and Italian. So her food standards are pretty high. She, she grew up in a household that has very high standards when it comes to food. And I'm half Puerto Rican, half white. My mom's uh, side of the family is all in Western New York. So it's like the uh, the white side that's here. And when she's come to Thanksgiving all the time, she, she Julie will say, uh, I am so thankful that uh, the white people in your family know how to prepare turkey and prepare food. <laughs> because like there there is like, you know, when it comes to like the raisins and the potato salad thing, there are plenty of like Caucasian people that screw up turkey a lot of times and like you you gotta just know what you're doing when it comes to that so dry turkey is my number three that's also in my family yes 100 percent. if it wasn't overcooked chicken it would have been hammering the turkey for thanksgiving which unfortunately happens quite a bit in my family so i already did volunteer for next year that i would take on the turkey and i'm gonna make sure i brine it before cooking it that's how you yeah. keep it. Did you ever have one deep fried? We did um, at my um, wife's side of the family. Uh, her, her uncle um, took it on one year. And uh, there's actually a really funny picture where me and uh, the uncle that cooked it, his brother and me are like with our beers like over top of it because they like to get a little rowdier than my family does actually a lot more compared to my family. Cause there's no rowdiness whatsoever going on in my house other than the kids. But, uh, no, uh, it was a good time. I remember I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, deep fried Turkey is legit. It's legit. Yeah. It, it's definitely something I wish I had around more for sure. Uh, very, very good. We are on to our top two. Number two, Brian. This one was so easy to lead. The top two I had, like, so fast. So fast. The other ones are all the ones I had to, like, really kind of, like, weigh how much it really bothered me. But, like, this one really bothers me. It's when you order something that's supposed to have melted cheese, and it's not. Oh, yeah. Biting into a sandwich that is supposed to be melted cheese or a burger or whatever. And it's not. That is one of the most disgusting and disrespectful bites of food I can possibly think of. And yes, I know I'm getting what I pay for here, but I'm specifically thinking of like fast food joints and how like inconsistent it can be. And you order it. Um, 
obviously we all know McDonald's is like the worst, especially at yes, the worst. It's never melted, right? So you Mm -hmm. don't even expect it. But Burger King, depending on the establishment, like where I am, it's so hit and miss on whether or not they actually get the cheese melted or not. Wendy's, I'll give you props. You normally have it right no matter the location as far as I've experienced. But, God, that bite sucks, man. And, like, what are you going to do? You're not, once again, I don't take food back. And so, like, I'm committed now. I'm just going to eat this cheeseburger with old cheese. Yeah, especially, yeah, you know what's the worst, too, when it's, like, when like the bun like the patty and like the bun are warm too and then when you hit that cheese that's not melted it's freezing cold yeah like that's just such that's such a turnoff to me as far as it makes me want to throw the entire thing out and like you said we're not wasteful people so we are going to finish it but like the the point is they had a job to do in the first place that they didn't do as far as melting the cheese. And it, it just, it seems so simple. Yeah. It's a cheeseburger. And that doesn't mean I expect to like taste the cheese as equal as the burger. The burger's still the star, my friend. The cheese is just a nice little dressing on top of it in a lot of ways. Like it's supposed to like ooze over top of it. Which, you know, you go to a, a good restaurant and you're going to get that all the time. Yeah. Burger Venture, by 100%. the way, outside of them screwing up the banana peppers, um, their burgers are almost always perfectly melted cheese. But that's a that's yeah. a legit restaurant. That's, that's You should never compare that to a McDonald's. Number two for you, sir. Yeah, that's true. They probably get like a little bit offended with with us doing that. Oh yeah. Uh my number two. My number two. Let's see here. Oh yeah, here we go. Um, this is one that particularly bothers me because I've loved pasta my entire life. It is watery pasta sauce. Um and it's it's happened at so many different places. Um Depending on it, like the chain ones you go to, it can happen a good portion of the time. Olive Garden is notorious for like stuff like that. I've definitely had water watered down marinara, but even like Italian restaurants, like some ones that are supposed to be more high end and like really good. There's one in um, North Tonawanda. I shouldn't really give the name, uh, but it's like P restaurant basically. Uh, no, that's not a good phrasing for it. Haynes are, I'll say that. Um, they uh, they used to have really, really high quality like Italian food and Italian stuff. In the past five years, when I've gone over there, the sauce is watery 95% of the time. And it's if you're supposed to be putting out that quality food that you're advertising, you cannot have your pasta sauce at an Italian restaurant be overly watery and disgusting. It makes absolutely no sense. I am a pasta snob when it comes to it. When it comes down to it, I I will eat it in any form. Don't put mushrooms in it and I'll eat it nonstop. Um, but yeah, it's it's just such a lazy thing for me, and I absolutely hate it. Watery pasta sauce is my number two, a hundred percent. And this goes for the same for me is uh, buying the sauce at at a store. You know, avoiding certain brands or certain styles just because you already know before you even open it up 
what what to expect. And I made the mistake of buying Topps marinara sauce and god awful. I might as well have just bought their ketchup and then just like toss some water in with it. Like it was that bad. And my wife yeah. was pretty annoyed because she was pretty she's like, Where where'd you buy the what sauce was this? I'm like tops. And she goes, Don't ever like I don't care if it was free. Don't ever buy it again. Like, okay, I got you. Yeah. Ugh. It's just such a disappointment. It really, it, it really is. There's nothing that can ruin my day. Well, maybe other than this thing I have at the top of my list. There's nothing that can ruin my day more than watery pasta sauce. Um, which brings us to our number one entry on this list. Brian, what is your number one food pet peeve? I live in Buffalo, New York. Therefore, my standards for chicken wings or you outside of the area may call buffalo wings is insanely high. Insanely high standards. And an undercooked, and for buffalo, that means a non-crispy or even, dare I say, soggy chicken wing is the most insulting embarrassing thing you could ever put in front of a western new york food consumer don't do it if you can't do chicken wings then don't because there's plenty of mom and pop places that can crush them all the time matt famously and i know on this show for sure has said it even judy's in niagara falls which is not a big place it's not a chain crushes them all the time he says I've been to places locally here in East Aurora where I'm lucky enough to have Barbell, who is almost always fire for their chicken wings. Um, there's a few pizza pizza places around here. It's like, you should eliminate chicken wings from your menu because it's embarrassing, <laughs> the standard that you're putting out of your chicken wings. And that goes into size two. Um, but at least with the smaller ones, if you suck at cooking chicken wings... I would think that they get a little crispier because it's not as much skin and whatnot there. But at the same time, maybe that's not worth it. So, yeah, soggy or not crispy enough chicken wings is uh, number one pet peeve for me. Spot on. Spot on. 100% spot on, especially when it comes to Western New York. That is something you cannot screw up. Between the tiny ones that we talked about earlier and something soggy or undercooked, like I've had ones that – and you know this too. Sometimes you can pick it up and you just feel it. Yeah. You just know like that that it is not cooked the right way. There um my workplace will get wings once in a while. And the place they get them from, I, I honestly don't even know the name of these people, but they do not have good chicken wings. And I, I hesitate to eat them every single time because I feel like I might get sick doing it. Uh, see, and the, and the I love the people that when you say, oh, we're ordering food and like, where are you ordering food from? And when you say the place and they go, all right, we'll make sure you ask for crispy wings, extra crispy. It's like, no, no, no. Listen, you shouldn't have to ask for the crispiness. All right. It goes hand in hand with the chicken wing. If you, if you can't execute it, don't do it. Get out of the business because there's plenty of folks out there crushing the game. And uh, it's actually really worth it to come to Westie, New York if you enjoy chicken wings just to really know what we're talking about. It sounds stupid, 
but to come drink some good beer and have some fire chicken wings. Yeah, thousand percent. Uh, that's a that's a really really great entry for your number one. This one for me is just it's so disappointing. Sometimes it is uh, either cold, soggy, or unsalted fries. <laughs> French fries for me are such a staple. Well, they are a staple of any fast food place, most good fast food places, and. I think soggy in general is the most disappointing because like you just you feel one and you don't even want to try the batch. It, and I don't know what it is. If people leave them sitting too long in the condensation or or whatever else it may be. But that stinks. And then if you're if you're at home listening to this and you're, you know, getting hungry and things like that and listening to this specific part. Think of McDonald's fries. Everybody knows the smell, the warmth that comes with them, the the excitement you get when you go to bite into them. This is where the unsalted part for me like really falls in is that they will smell so good and then you go to bite one and there is no flavor on it whatsoever. It kills it, especially because half the time I could probably eat like my Big Mac or some other entree just by itself. But it really is cheaper to just get the meal with it because you're getting more bang for your buck. And then you bite into that and you're like, what did I just pay for in doing these? Some places it's almost like they're just shelling them out just to shell them out. And there's no other reason for that side existing. And man, it's just, you know, it's like, opening a box on Christmas and having nothing inside it. It's, it's the worst, worst, worst feeling. Um, so that combination of either cold, salty or un or unsalted or soggy fries is my number one. I think me and the wife were served, uh, reheated fries at a a place local. I'm not going to blast them just because they have given me good food before, but we did go, we went later in the evening. They closed at eight. It was, we probably got there like seven fifteen, Um, and it was probably, you know, and it was a Wednesday night. So not a real busy night. So I feel like they slighted us a little bit. The chicken or the chicken said, see, I just want to bitch about chicken wings again. Uh, the French fries just, it seemed like they reheated them in the microwave and everybody knows you got to eat them hot because they just taste weird and so unsatisfying if you reheat french fries it's gross but dude it's it's the absolute worst so i'm glad you feel my pain on that reheated is oof that's that's freaking rough those people should be fined for that absolutely <laughs> yeah if they that's have bad. given me good food before i would have blasted them but it's all right they had an off night it's okay <laughs> that's true yeah we'll we'll keep it close to the chest for now um <laughs> But there it is, everybody. Um, I know it was a quicker list this week. Um, We were kind of like pressed for time on a personal note because I am doing another show tonight. Um, But this was a perfect one. It was a fun one. I like doing these ones with you, Brian, because I, I really do get to know you more when we get to like personal pet peeves like that. This yeah. was really fun. And I really, really enjoyed doing this episode with you. Me too. And uh, I know now never to order a pizza with mushrooms if I'm having pizza with you. Please, I would appreciate that in the future. Um, you have a great list idea for next week. Um, if you want to kind of preview what we've got coming up. 
I officially uh, have booked our guest, so yes, I can announce it. Uh, the great Johnny Townsend will make his return to the podcast, uh, being my first uh, guest that isn't related to me and living in the same house as me. Uh, but I, I was thinking about this based off of the uh, Johnny, if you don't know, is part of the, the Nostalgia Funhouse, and they were doing a bad gimmick wrestling tournament where they were pulling out wrestlers and just like how did this gimmick ever fly how did it ever get okayed and then i was inspired by that and previous lists that you have done with johnny and with will uh smith from the uh panel discussion where you guys create your own bad stuff horrific stuff and some of the funniest things i've ever listened to on a pa- a podcast like 100%. So uh we will be doing a top 10 list of the made up wrestling gimmicks. So i can't wait to hear what everybody brings to the table. It's going to be a great time and um anytime i have a chance to just goof off and uh, really go for it where we pull the gloves off and really start swinging. Um, this one may not be from Mama Torres. We'll see. She's she's going to listen anyway. Don't worry about that. She sat through the uh, the the Christmas specials list that we did, where we where Will did that full on Bill Cosby impression for like ten minutes or so with Baby It's Cold Outside, and my mom didn't have a heart attack, so she, I don't think she'll have a heart okay. attack with this All one. Right, I'm in the clear. <laughs> Uh, but I cannot wait for that one. We're going to have a ton of laughs making that list. And Johnny is such a great guest to have on too. Um, but for now, you could check out all our other great shows on the network at BICBP-radio.com. And until next time, from Brian and myself, do you even list? Do you like donuts? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do you like juice? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Do you like donut juice? No, I don't. Yucky.